Welcome back to the island, friends. You are in for a good one this week as it is Super Bowl week as we will preview the matchup of Super Bowl 56 between two four seeds, not a one seed, not a two seed, not a three seed. The Los Angeles Rams will be the second team in NFL history, second time in two years to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. They will take on the Cincinnati Bengals who are representing the AFC for the first time since 1988. Matt Stafford against Joe Burrow, two quarterbacks who have never been to the big game before. Rams, Bengals, we're going to talk all things Super Bowl on this episode. We'll also talk about the NBA trade deadline, two big trades. We'll talk about that as well. And of course, the final few hires in the head coaching cycle. We'll get that as well. We'll talk about all of that on this episode. So get comfy, keep a lock, stay tuned. All things Super Bowl on this episode. And don't forget to give Baller Island a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis. And welcome back to the island, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we are joined by, by the looks of it, Uncle Sam today, Rams fan over here on the podcast. Had to get him on for the Super Bowl. How are we feeling over here? We're feeling pretty good, boys. First of all, want to thank you, boys, for inviting me to your island. Join a nice mango lussy over here. As they say, long-time listener, first-time visitor. Big shout-out to you guys. I listen in every week, despite it being hosted by a 49ers fan and a Patriots fan. <laughs> and for a Rams fan, there cannot be a worse combo than that, I have to tell you. But you guys are doing a nice job, so you know, keep up the good work. Beautiful. Love it. All right. So, that being said, let's get right into it. Super Bowl weekend. You've had two weeks to think about this. What are, off the top, right off, no thinking about it, initial thoughts? What, what are you looking forward to in this matchup? Well, I'm looking forward to a lot of things, B, but hold on a second here. We got to, first things first, a Rams fan with the 49ers fan, we got to get some things straight, first of all. Jay, <laughs> how you feeling, man? How you doing? You all right? Well, well, first of all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the professional look and say, well, I'm, thank you for taking the time out to join us. This would be a great episode. And congratulations to you. And I'm not going to lie, I'm a little more happier that doing this week and not week i think i'm a little more over it <laughs> this week than last week um but it's all good this should be a, this should be a great episode your rams they got it done when it mattered hey all i gotta say is y'all better get this one y'all better exactly. get this one because if they if they don't get this done i will not forget this i know i know and i'm not coming back next week to talk about that jay <laughs> so safe safe to say b i think i think the uh the tart dropped interception is maybe no longer in uh Jay's nightmares because I, I know that was there for a lot of 49ers fans and uh, yeah, maybe the no last, doubt. yeah, the, the last appearance of Jimmy G. It's a whole other subject. I know Jay, you said you don't want to talk about it anymore. We're going to leave that one alone. Except I will say this: it's the Joe Montana syndrome, man. It's the Joe Montana syndrome. That's no, what I'm no, saying. Yeah, no QB is going to be good enough, man. Not Steve Young, not Jeff Garcia, and certainly not uh, Jimmy G. But uh, hats off to him; he played well. Two healthy seasons, uh, I think a Super Bowl and uh, NFC Championship. So I uh, can't hang your uh, head on that. And good luck to Trey Lance. It, by all accounts, should be, a, should be a good future for you guys. So let's get that out of the way. And uh, now to the Rams, the team that's still playing. Uh, I don't know what you boys are thinking, but I'm looking at a few key matchups here. Uh, it's the old cliche, but 
this game, I think, is going to be won and lost uh, on the line. So if you look at the Bengals against the Titans, nine sacks, boys. Nine sacks against the Titans. I mean, they still won. Uh, if that kind of performance goes down, though, next weekend, um, they're not going to be so lucky against the Rams because Stafford, uh, he's not Tannehill. He, the Rams are going to punish you offensively. So I, I kind of circle that as really the key matchup here. Obviously, Stafford versus Burrow. I mean, without question, every Super Bowl, except I think maybe maybe the Ravens win a, a few years back, it's always going to be about the quarterback. So that's obvious. But uh, this game, I think, is going to be one uh, on the line. And particularly, how do uh, the Bengals hold off that front four, front five of the Rams? Uh, that's really going to be the key. And one, one player I got circled in this game is actually uh, Joe Mixon. Uh, not, not just the running ability, because they're going to have to balance, uh, they're going to have to balance the, the attack uh, by establishing the run, not letting guys like, obviously, Miller, Donald, uh, tee off against uh, this Bengals um, uh, offensive line. But he's actually a really good blocker. He, he's one of the best uh, uh, blocking backs out there. So I think that's going to be uh, uh, one of the key matchups um, uh, that, that we're going to look forward to. But ultimately, you know, you can't go max protect um, on every passing down. So the Bengals O-line, they're going to have to step up big uh, this week. I know I know one, I think one sack last week, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, some Houdini escapes there by uh, by Joe Burr. But, uh, you know, I think I think the Rams front for a little bit more uh, formidable than uh, than Casey's. So I don't know what you boys think about that. No, I agree. This is uh, I mean, we've been talking about Cincinnati's offensive line issues literally for the whole year, all the way going back to the draft when we, we thought they were going to take Swell instead of Jamar Chase because, of you know, he just tore his ACL and all that stuff. But um, they've done fine without it so far. It might come back to bite them right now. Jay, what do you think? I, uh, I can't completely agree. I mean, this at the end of the day, to win a Super Bowl, I always say defenses win chips. And in this matchup, the first thing that came into my mind is exactly what you said is the battle in the trenches. The Rams pass rush is just ridiculous. I mean, say less. All you got to say is Aaron Donald, the Von Miller, and that's a wrap let alone you got Leonard Floyd and you got Jalen Ramsey sitting back there in this. The, the, this is going to be one in the trenches. If the Bengals want to have any shot, Joe Burrow, without a question, has made, I don't even know how, has made something out of nothing with this offensive line and has just made these miraculous plays scrambling out of it when the pocket's closing in on him. This is going to be, this is a whole other level. Kansas City's pass rush, okay, I get it. People, I think, give them a little more credit than they deserve. Tennessee, yes, no question. They had nine sacks. They were all over Burrow. But AD and Von Miller are just different. And that's what I'm worried about for the Bengals O-line. And this this is a different matchup than it is before. So I think th- that definitely has something to be said. But this Bengals defense has been clutched too. But we'll um, Because I think both defenses are such a difference in how they've gotten here. Rams, it's been more pass rush. Bengals, it's been more clutch play. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in this matchup. Absolutely, Jay. I mean, I'm, you know, that's one of the points we're going to talk about is uh, how do the defenses, um, you know, how, how do they cover the wide receivers? I mean, the the Bengals defense, uh, definitely opportunistic. Let's just look at last week. I mean, it really was a tale of two halves. I mean, the first half, they couldn't stop anything. Second half, uh, 
Kansas City couldn't get anything done. And like you said, Jay, they're just clutch interceptions at the right time kind of give their uh, get their offense back on the field. But yeah, as, as you said, like most football uh, games, it's really one in the trenches. It's a cliche, but I think uh, maybe a little little more true for this one uh, than uh, past Super Bowls. Uh, the other thing I really circled on here, and I don't know if it's a little bit off the radar, um, it, most Super Bowls, you're not really going to talk about the tight ends as much as you would this one, uh, specifically the health of the tight ends. So I kind of got that circled as as a key factor that could contribute towards the outcome of this game. Now, right now, if we look at both tight ends, both very questionable, uh, latest accounts basically have Ozuma, you know, pretty much willing himself to to really want to play in this game no matter what you know which can be dangerous uh you know you kind of saw uh not to keep rubbing the salt into jay's wounds but you saw when you have a hobbled star out there in, in that case for the 49ers uh trent williams really makes a difference and, and you know if they're not 100 percent, it's you kind of start thinking okay maybe is it better to go with option b uh, for the bengals Option B, I don't even know who option B is. Maybe Drew Sample is their backup tight end. And he might have caught three or four passes all year. I actually favor the Rams on this one. If, if Higby's out and Ozuma are out, I say advantage Rams. Uh, and, and you know, you kind of have to follow the Rams like really deep into the practice squad to, uh, to understand who uh, Kendall Blanton is. But I think you guys probably saw him last week, uh, popped in there, I think five, five or six uh, catches, maybe about 60 yards, but some key catches uh, for first down conversions. And look for him to be an X factor in this game, especially if uh, Van Jefferson is out, which, uh, which seems to be the early reports. Uh, the Bengals, they really struggle uh, covering tight ends and look for Stafford to expose that, especially, you know, they do the double and triple, which we expect on uh, on Cooper Cup. And, and you know, obviously OBJ is going to be the second option, but I think uh, an underrated third option might be Blanton if Higby's out. And, and it does seem like Higby's not, not going to be in this uh going to be in this one so both tight ends are out and or even if ozuma's in but hobbled i say advantage rams on this one yeah no no doubt i completely agree with that i don't think he's gonna play from the sounds of it i think mcveigh didn't sound very optimistic so far that I, he might not even practice throughout the week which is huge but it's a good handle blanton because like you said i had no idea who the hell this guy was man he just comes in in the nfc championship game and made some versions at big time catches, and I thought was very impressive. So if he was able to do that in a championship game, I don't see an issue with him stepping up in the Super Bowl either. And then again, in the Super Bowl, you owe some dude that you've never heard of in your life make some plays and ends up wheeling their team to victory. Who knows? That could end up being Kendall Blanton. As for the uh, Bengals, Bengals Uzama, yeah, it's a, his injuries. Like, I don't really know how he's going to manage to, like, he's not, I know the one thing that kind of comes to mind for me, B, probably the same for you, is T.O. back in the day with or ACL, something like that. First did the sim similar thing, played an AFC championship with the torn ACL. Uzama could probably do it, but Uzama's not T.O., right? He's not Philip Rivers. Like, that just takes another level of grit to, to do that. But Uzama also seems like he's kind of that rock guy in the Bengals locker room, so... We'll see if he gives it a go. I do think it'll be a big deal to see what happens there in this game. But, I mean, the quarterback matchup in this one, I think, is such a fascinating, different quarterback matchup than what we 
between Stafford making their first ever Super Bowl appearance. B, I want to get your thoughts on this matchup, but then you can let Uncle Ham get his thoughts on this quarterback matchup. I mean, this is two dudes. Both went number one overall. Stafford, we've been waiting to get here for a minute. Um, I mean, it's just really unexpected. Like, I, I never expected this matchup. You know, I mean, it's two two very likable guys, which we don't see very often because Brady was in there all the time. And it's like, I mean, I can't – I mean, I wouldn't really feel bad. I mean, I don't really have somebody to, like, you know, I feel bad for whoever loses this one. I want both of these guys to get one. You know what I mean? I like them both. I'm really kind of torn on it. They both kind of have a similar play style, two big arms. Um, and it's just Joe Burrow's here way earlier than expected. Nobody really thought Stafford was going to get his shot. Here we are. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It's an intriguing matchup because you kind of got the the veteran who's been, you know, flying under the radar in Detroit. Uh, that's why, you know, that stat about his fourth quarter comebacks really uh, unknown to most, right? Unless you're a Detroit Lions fan, uh, you're not going to know that, that he's clutch. He's clutch. When they left, uh, the Bucks left about 46 seconds or whatever it was on the clock. Um, few of us knew, but th- that's a lot of time for Stafford and he showed you why. So on that you know, on the on that side, you'd kind of uh, really want. If you're neutral, you want to see Stafford obviously get his. He's you know he's a very likable guy. He's good with the media. Uh, he's had some off-field issues, uh, family issues, which he's handled just really uh, uh, in a real stand-up way with health and everything like that. Um, with Joe Burr, you know, it's really his full first season. You know, B, he's going to probably have a, a lot more chances uh, at getting his. So you know, let's pull for Stafford on this one. And again, Dan Marino, Marino in his rookie year, who would have thought that was his only uh, his only Super Bowl appearance. So you can't take it for granted. Very Definitely intriguing not. matchup. I would say the one thing for the Rams and specifically Stafford, it's more important for them sort of not to force the issue. The Bengals defense, um, they're not known as a great defense, but they're very opportunistic, right? And we saw that last week. What Stafford can't, do and the Rams, not just Stafford. Uh, they gotta not force the issue and force that pass, that turnover that the Bengals are just gonna, you know, be looking to uh, to pounce on. I, th- I think what I'm really intrigued with is because you got two great uh, hurlers there, and you got an assortment of great wide receivers. Obviously, you got Chase, you got Higgins, you got. Uh, cup and you got uh, OBJ looks like uh, a couple other guys are going to be out so let's focus on those four how are the secondaries going to handle those wide receivers I think is going to going to go a long way as well to uh, dictating how the you know the outcome of the game um, plays out so if you look at Cooper Cup teams have not been able to stop him so I'm really curious to see what the Bengals do I mean the predictable strategy will be, you know, they're going to double him. They're going to roll coverage to his side. So the question becomes, can OBJ make him pay for that? Because he, in his own right, um, kind of a 1A receiver um, in his heyday, and maybe it's still his heyday, maybe it's a renaissance moment for him, um, a definitely a number one receiver. He's kind of, you know, a little bit built for the spotlight, I feel. You know, you kind of look at all his prankster videos and all that, and uh, you know, his Instagram and and uh, Twitter f- uh, followers and all that stuff. He's kind of made for Hollywood. He's made for the Super Bowl moment. I wonder if he'll, you know, if he'll be able to seize it. Uh, I would expect nothing less. Looking at last week, you know, I think he he 
racked up over 100 yards. Uh, it's a nice second option to Cooper Cup because you know they're going to try to take away Cup. And then I go back to the third option, which, uh, you know, barring Higby, miraculous return, I think Kendall Blanton, I think that will be a interesting dilemma for, for the Bengals because you're going to leave somebody open at the end of the day. And for the Rams, you know, I kind of expect Ramsey against Chase um, all day long. I don't know if you, uh, what you boys think about that. Um, the other strategy they might actually go with is actually p- play Ramsey off of Chase, put him on on Higgins, and just roll the coverage to uh, to Chase, especially if uh, Uzuma's out. Uh, the other good news for the Rams is uh, Taylor Rapp's back, which will definitely shore up that secondary. So. Some intriguing matchups in the secondary as well. Um, I, I don't know, JB, who do you think uh, is primed to shine here in the Super Bowl on, on either team in, in terms of the passing game? I mean, I'm looking how, so forward to that Jalen Ramsey-Jamar Chase matchup. I mean, how could you not? But the thing is, Cooper Cup, I know everybody's saying – you know, they're going to double team, triple team, Cooper Cup. Probably the same thing. I mean, your your offense is – I mean, your defense is going to be targeted towards Jamar Chase. I mean, there's not – there's nothing you can do. I mean, teams have been trying to double team Cooper Cup all year. He's been the main focus of the program all year. He still finds a way to get open. If I mean, if you're, you're that – the quarterback's go-to guy, you find a way to get him the ball, either even if he's open or if he's not open. He's going to get his touches. Jamar Chase is going to get his touches. Jamar Chase might even get, you know, a couple end arounds, a couple reverses. Just find a way to get the ball in your playmaker's hands. That's what it's going to come down to. Um, nobody, as they, those two aren't going to, you know, get stopped. They're too good for that. Um, I think, you know, the Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins situation in Cincinnati. I mean, they got a legit triple threat right there. Odell might have a good game. I mean, there's so much receiver talent on this field. I'm looking for these dudes just to sling it all over. Yeah, I've said it. I've I've said it all season too that the Bengals receiving trio I think is one of the best in all of football. At least the most entertaining. I think I still think Dallas has got passing attack with Cooper Gap and uh, C.D. Lamb, but Higgins chaser no joke like these guys are explosive and we've saw we've seen it throughout the season too if chase isn't going crazy the boyd's going crazy for 145 higgins is going crazy for 150 it's you just don't know that so i don't know if jalen ramsey's necessarily going to shadow jamar chase throughout the game i could see it in clutch time if jamar chase going crazy absolutely you know jalen ramsey's going to be on him i like all honest jalen ramsey is one of if not the best corners in all of football jamar chase I'd say I don't I don't know why a lot of people even say he's he's one of the best receivers like right now. I think a lot to improve on, but he's freaking explosive as hell. Like I would say he's what explosive is the right word for Jamar Chase is he won't really have like these great, you know, like Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup will dash you one catch for 20 yards, one catch 15 yards and just continuously get in chunk yards. Jamar Chase will get one catch and then get like 60 yards of yak in the same play. It'll be really interesting to see how the Rams try to defend this passing attack. And then to your point of OBJ, I think that's where the Niners got screwed last week because our secondary has already been the weak point of our entire has been that secondary. And we knew was going to be the problem. But then when Odell starts get going, it's like, oh, shit, like what are we supposed to do now? And now we got to deal with Cup and OBJ. That opens things up so much more. I love how you describe defense as opportunistic and not exactly one of the top defenses of the NFL. That's exactly how I look at this Bengals defense. 
the Bengals defense, they're not one of those will dominate a game, but for some reason they always seem to find a way to come up with the play. Against the Titans, they get a pick with get them in field goal range, boom, they're on the AFC championship game. Overtime, everyone's thinking Casey gets the ball up, that's over. Mahomes has got it. Casey's going back to Super Bowl. Nope. Cincinnati gets an interception and they end up going to the Super Bowl. The Bengals find a way to get that that one defensive stop. And that's what I find so interesting because as much as important as pass rushes and that can disrupt the game, sometimes all it takes is that clutch play on defense to make all the difference in this one. So I think it'll be really interesting. One guy who is funny, I know some people have been talking about a little more, but not, I think, nearly enough. Uncle Sam, I want to get your take on what this is to Andrew Whitworth in this matchup for him to be in a Super 40 years old playing left tackle, I think is absolutely insanity. And he's playing at a high level too. It's not even like he's whatever. He's in a Super Bowl playing for the Rams against his former team that he played with the Bengals. What are your kind of thoughts on Andrew Whitworth? Jay, that's a football fan comment right there. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, so Andrew Whitworth was supposed to retire. You know, we kind of felt, uh, I think it was a couple of years ago when they made the Super Bowl and B's Pats just annihilated them uh, defensively. Um, kind of felt like in the post game, all right, was that the last hurrah for Andrew Whitworth? Kind of felt a little bit bad for the, for the dude because, you know, was that his one shot and he's done. As you mentioned, Jay, 40 years old, still playing, not just making up the numbers, he's playing well. And so between him and Joe Noteboom, I mean, that, that is they're just solid at that position now the one concern is let's hope uh Whitworth's 100 percent he seems to be okay and he he held up um amazingly last last weekend um because it looks like Joe Noteboom's going to be out so they're not going to really have support if anything uh um you know gets tweaked with Whitworth but for him to go also against you know his former club in the Super Bowl, I mean, you can't make this kind of stuff up. Uh, it would be really nice. I think that, to tell you the truth, it's a toss-up. Him or Stafford, I don't know who I'd be happier for if the Rams do pull this off. Um, maybe Whitworth just a bit because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, 40 years. Uh, and he's not playing, he's not, like, not not to not to uh, disparage field goal kickers or anything like that, but he's not playing, you know, a non uh physical position he's in the trenches he's 40 years old he's going against some of the greatest athletes strongest athletes in the world world and his job is to basically protect um stafford you know protect his qb he's still going strong at 40 i actually think that's going to be a key matchup as well um you know we kind of talked more so on the on the uh, uh the bengals o-line side Equally important, the Rams O-line has to do their thing, right? And they need to establish not only pass protection uh, for Stafford, but also, you know, the run blocking to free up uh, the running backs. Right now, like, Akers, not 100%. Um, questionable is uh, Daryl Henderson still. Looks like he will be a go, but I don't know how, how often he'll be used. So that brings us to another you know, potential X factor. And this is B's boy playoff Sony Michelle. I, I think circle, circle him uh, on this game as well. Uh, circle his name. I think you might see playoff Sony put up some big numbers today because the Bengals are going to, uh, they're just going to be preoccupied 
trying to contain that Rams pass attack. Uh, it could free up Michelle. I think out of the two, Michelle's also the better uh, pass blocker. So, you know, especially if K uh, Cam Akers, either he struggles or, or he's not 100%, I think you're going to see a lot of Michelle. And uh, with Michelle, Whitworth, and the rest of that O-line, I mean, they're going to they're gonna have a huge, huge role to play in, in providing Stafford. Uh, the time he needs uh, to, to uh, find Cup, OBJ, uh, if Jefferson's playing, Blanton, whoever else is out there. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that, BJ, Sony, Michelle. I think I think B's got some experience in uh, Sony mm -hmm. in, in playoff time. Definitely. No, uh, I was going to say before we got to Sony, Michelle, did you guys hear about the uh, apparently Whitworth and Joe Burrow have like a, a relationship? Like last year, they were both rehabbing in Cincinnati. And uh, Wetworth kind of took Burrow under his wing, and while they're both rehabbing, they were just watching film like all year long. I did not know that. No, yeah, well, there you well, go. B, that's a football fan stat right there. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he's so in the I've, trenches. I've been saying, Sony. I've been telling Jay. I've been waiting for Sony Michelle to have his game, like his playoff game, and I keep going back to that AFC Championship game against the Chiefs when he had his game, um, but. I mean, out of the three running backs on on your squad, I think he's the best suited. I think you just gotta let playoff Sony you'll be playoff Sony here. Yeah, I think so. I, I find this th this whole running back thing so fascinating to me all all year, especially because obviously knowing the similarities between McVeigh and Shanahan, so I kind of get the way the run the, the Rams had run their offense right under Sean McVeigh for the last four or five years. The way McVeigh got to the Super Bowl in 2018 was pounding the rock with Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley put up the best numbers of his career in 2018, and then obviously his knee, knee issues got in the way and kind of decimated that whole thing. Then the goal, they get Cam. I love Cam Akers. Guy is a baller. How he's even battled to come back to this point and the way he's playing yeah. is awesome. But the one thing I find interesting is knowing Akers is coming off of this injury. Sean McVay just hasn't seemed to care. He's like, we're just going to pound the rock with him anyways. But to your guys' point on Sony Michelle, I don't really understand why McVay got away from him in the first place. Daryl was the lead dog all year. He goes down. Then they bring in Sony Michelle, who obviously made the season. He gets in there, tearing it up. Guy was getting like over 100 yards. I think against the Vikings, the Ravens, like down the stretch. Sony Michelle was. Thinking, oh man, it's it's over, right? But McVegas this run game going, and then you get stopped. a wrap. But for some reason, I think it was the Buccaneers game. Sony Michelle did like nothing. It was just Cam Akers ran the ball, I think, twenty three times or something like that. I find that so interesting that McVeigh kind of got away from that level. McVeigh kind of got away from the run game as a whole this season. I think he got a lot of people have mentioned this that McVeigh just got super excited. Once he got Stafford, it's like, oh man, we're gonna have this amazing passing attack. We got OBJ even better. But at some point, you gotta find a way to run the football. And whether it's Sony Michelle or Cam Akers, one of these guys has got to step up and make a play. I would not be surprised if it's Sony Michelle that goes out there and makes that play because he's been balling. It's is McVeigh gonna commit to the run when it matters? And speaking of Sean McVeigh, I want I do want to get your on this coaching matchup because I think such an interesting thing. Last year we had the oldest coaching matchup in Super Bowl history. This year we get the youngest coaching matchup in Super Bowl history. I think this new wave of young offensive minds is kind of the future of the NFL. McVay now in Super Bowl. LaFleur has had three straight 13 win seasons. Shanahan's been to two championship games last year. Zach Taylor now in his third year going to Super Bowl. I, I love what these young these young offense 
teams are doing. Uncle Sam, I want to get your take on this coaching matchup, knowing Zach Taylor was also with the Rams during the Super Bowl run. And do you think Sean McVay will learn from his lessons after losing to Beast Patriots in 2018? Exactly, Jay. Good point. I was just going to touch on that. So obviously, uh, Taylor is, uh, you know, part of McVeigh's staff. That's where he's coming from. Um, he was, yeah, he had the headset on in that uh, in that Belichick meltdown of a Super Bowl uh, 13-3 a couple of years ago. So I think that's fresh in his memory. Uh, definitely, he learned a lot from that as well. Um, and for McVeigh, did did he learn anything from that Super Bowl? I mean, you'd have to say absolutely. Um, and there, there's there's an interesting story where um, um, after that Super Bowl, at some point in the offseason, uh, McVeigh actually sat down with Belichick, if you can believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And uh, Belichick offered some advice. And, and what he basically said is... You know, true for true for any coach or any team and, and really the persona of that team. You really can't let the game dictate your style of play in the sense that, you know, if it's a first quarter, things aren't going exactly your way. You don't abandon ship. You don't abandon your game plan. And one thing I've seen uh, for McVeigh since that, I think he's done a better job of not moving away from, from the game plan. At times, you know, it may seem he either gets too pass happy. Uh, certain games I felt is kind of a little bit too run happy, particularly on first down, almost forcing the first run, uh, uh, first down run. Um, you know, that's true of any coach. You, you, you know, it's easy to sort of play armchair quarterback or armchair head court uh, coach on, on Monday morning, right? Um, these guys obviously put in a lot of time uh, strategizing, putting together game plans. As you mentioned, Jay, uh, there's this new wave of head coach thinking outside the box that sort of goes with how the game has changed. And, and a lot of that's dictated by uh, certain rule changes as well. It, it's it's a pass-first league. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, and these offensive minds, uh, like a Zach Taylor, like a Sean McVay, LeFleur, et cetera, et cetera, um, they're really taking advantage of that. Of that. It's no longer the Don Shula uh, style of the 70, just pound the football, pound the football. Keeping in mind, that is still important. Um, I kind of felt that that was an important element even to last week um, uh, for the Rams in particular. Sure, they didn't average six yards a carry or anything like that, but against that, that, that fabulous frontline defense of the 49ers, they did just enough to get, you know, get in a couple of yards, two, three yards, keep them honest. Um, and so it is important to still, uh, it is still important to establish a run. And yeah, I absolutely got, got Sony Michelle circled on this game. Um, I think with the Cam Akers thing, you're spot on, Jay, like mid-season, I mean, Michelle was just doing his thing. He, he he was on automatic 100 yards, it seemed, when the Rams were on that run of, I think, six or seven wins in a row. It's kind of a, it's it's a bit of a dilemma, right? Because your future running back, there's no doubt about it, it's Cam Akers. He's back now, miraculously, in the same season uh, after the Achilles injury. I mean, he should not even be playing, but he's back. You know, he's effective in Tampa against Tampa. He was effective. Then he kind of got the fumbleitis uh, there a bit. Um, you're right. They didn't they didn't go back to Sony Michelle uh, after even his second fumble. It, it was almost like they wanted to make the point, like, we got you, Cam. Like, we, we got full confidence in you. We don't want to, uh, you know, we don't want to basically upset his confidence, anything like that. 
that is important. But now when it comes down to the Super Bowl, I think the leash will be pretty short. Uh, not only that, if he's not 100%, I think that's going to dictate the balance of play. But I, I think the Rams in the front bus they have absolute confidence in any of these three and um, and particularly Sony because of what he showed uh, this season. And, and to B's point and memory, uh, the guy just comes up in, in playoff time. And I think I expect him to have a big game if he gets the opportunity uh, to play on, on Sunday. So be looking out for that one. No doubt. It'll be really interesting to see how the Rams – I would kind of see it as would you ride out the hot hand – but it's weird because I wouldn't say either of them have kind of popped yeah. off in the playoffs so far, right? Michelle a little bit, uh, Acres a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that's probably how McVay will probably see how the game goes, right? Whoever kind of gets going wherever they get a lot of rhythm, I think that will be the definitive factor as to who gets more carries in this game. But the other point, too, is I noticed they were doing a lot more get OBJ out in space, short passes to Cup, or like we mentioned, Kendall Bland earlier. I think that helped the Rams move the ball a little bit more because like we talked about, the one time late in that game, staff let's take a shot. If it wasn't for Joukowsky Tart's Butterfingers, Rams may not be in this game. So I think that's the one thing that I'm looking at is McVay's play calling down the stretch. How's it going to be? Because if I'm, if I'm Zach Taylor, I'm like, I'm kind of happy I'm Rams because he knows McVay so well. So that's where I'm kind of interested to see how this matchup kind of plays out. I think it's going to be just very intriguing. Um, here for people who aren't obviously are listening and like, how the hell did the Cincinnati Bengals get to this point? Well, it was quite a wild year for the Bengals. They were 10 and seven. They won their first division title in six years. They swept the Steelers and the Ravens this year, which I think is kind of an impressive stat to throw. And they did, they crushed the Ravens both. Bengals had some weird losses to be like you mentioned last week to Mike White and the Jets. They got blown up by the Browns and Chargers as well to the Packers and Niners throughout the year, but those are actually close down to the wire. I'd say their season-defining win was Week 17 against the Kansas City Chiefs, and then of course they went on to beat them in the championship game as well. They beat the Raiders in the wild card round, getting their first playoff win in 31 years to get after beating the Raiders. Then they go into Tennessee. They turn over, or they get three turnovers on Ryan Tannehill to beat the Chiefs in the championship game. And now just like that, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl for the first time since 1988. Joe Burrow in only his second season. Like Uncle Sam, like you mentioned earlier, I honestly think of Joe Burrow like a rookie. Honestly, I don't even think of him as a second-year quarterback because last year, you know, he hurt halfway through the year. So what doing just this young and able to do this with this team that's had little to no playoff success in over two to three decades is absolutely unbelievable. And then we talked about Zach Taylor, obviously playing his former or coaching against his former team. And then B, you want to talk about how the Rams got here? Yes, sir. So the Rams, there you go, 12 and five, win their division after it looked like Arizona had that thing locked up. Um, you know, a couple four game win streaks, five game win streaks, beat Tampa early on. You know, lost the Cardinals when they were red hot. Lost to your Niners twice during the regular season, one in overtime. And then in the playoffs, they beat Arizona in the first round, Tampa in the second round, and San Francisco in the third round. Those last two, I did not think they were going to win against Tampa or San Francisco. Pulled it out, finally got that San Fran win. Um, to me, the two Tampa wins, I mean, the Tampa win in week three, when they just like, 
really handed it to them. And, you know, Gronk was bruised up after that game. That's kind of the game when I was like, yeah, oh, shoot, this team is, uh, this team could be real, really something here. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, you know, I mean, especially for the Rams fan over here. I mean, as soon as you got Stafford, were you like, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl? Or was there a, a season-defining moment for you? That's a good question, B. Uh, so as soon as we got Stafford, uh, quite honestly, the first thing I thought of was, okay, that's a lot. That's a lot to give up for Stafford. But, you know, you know, being in the GTA, we do get our fair share of Lions games here. You know, we've, we've made the road trip a couple of times, seen the Lions in action. I've seen Stafford in action. So I know he's a good quarterback. Um, you know, the, the Lions record, that's not on him. That's a whole history of just Lions doing Lion things, right? Uh, so was I excited that Stafford was coming? For sure. I thought I thought he could really help this offense in a way that, again, not, not to slight Jared Goff. I think he's, he's a totally fun quarterback. He's, he's, he's good. But I think Stafford, the arm, I think, was going to be the biggest element that uh, he was going to uh, bring to this uh, Sean McVay offense. Did I think they were going to go to the Super Bowl just based on that acquisition? If you look at the NFC, man, like... Um, you obviously got Green Bay, mind you, their, their NFC championship uh, hurdle that they can't get over. Uh, that aside, Green Bay is always going to be a legit contender. You got the GOAT. You got Tampa, Super Bowl defending champion. And then you got uh, Jays Niners. I kind of thought those were the three teams that were going to be very tough to beat. And with Arizona as, uh, as uh, you know, on on the rise, kind of the up and comers. And I, I think Arizona will still be there in years to come. They got to kind of sort a couple of things out. I thought the Hopkins injury kind of screwed them over. That was, that was the season for them. So I kind of thought, I didn't think the Rams were really a favorite to make the Super Bowl. I thought they had an outside shot. I will say, I think what helped them, um, the, the, the Tampa Bay matchup to be, I mean, just to, just to be really straight about it, Tampa Bay was kind of playing with, with, you know, one arm sort of tied behind their back in the sense that Brady's weapons were gone, right? Um, if you look at that game, uh, you know, they, they had fourth and fifth string wide receivers out there. I think that helped them, but you need to get a little bit of luck, right? To to make the Super Bowl, to win the Super Bowl, certain things have to go right for you. I think mm -hmm. avoiding Green Bay, having to go, in, in, you know, up there and play in the cold and elements that do not favor this Rams team. Um, I think that helped. So shout out to Beast 49ers for doing that dirty work for the Rams and clearing, the, you know, paving the way for, uh, for a home game. I think that helped too. Um, you know, but, but here we are, like you said, 12 and five, they, you know, they lost to the 49ers twice, but they beat Brady twice. Um, they're in the Super Bowl, not the most conventional way of, of making there, but it could have been them or maybe three or four other NFC teams. I didn't think they were the clear cut favorites, um, but heading into the Super Bowl, you have to, you have to feel good. If you're a Rams fan, you have to feel good about your chances because it's, it's really anybody's game at this point. Um, but what we got to talk about too, is now two years in a row. It's a home game for them, and this time a true home game, not that fake home game from last weekend where uh, Jay, Jay's Niners fans just kind of overtook the stadium, I think 60-40 ratio or something like that. I just kept seeing a sea of red. This is going to be a true home game for the, for the Rams. Um, I, think, I think that definitely will, uh, will play a factor. Um, it's going to be exciting, though.
I was just about to say that. I was about to say, I'm like, well, the Rams did a great job last week winning on the road in their own building. <laughs> but this time, yeah, they they definitely have a whole thing of being at home. Obviously, this is the second year that a team's playing a Super Bowl in their home stadium, which I think is just... Uh, it kind of, I was telling B last week on the part, I'm like, it, it, it's very fitting of how the last two years in general have been in the world that we went from not having single team play a Super Bowl in their home stadium to two years in a row. Bizarre, but it, it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. But I think the Rams most certainly have the advantage, and not only with that, but the Bengals have to go to Los Angeles on the West Coast. And you got the time change and all that stuff. So the Bengals are most definitely at a disadvantage, but I just don't think anything phases Joe Burrow and this Bengals team. Like They just went into Arrowhead and did the unthinkable coming from 18 down. I really don't think going into SoFi Stadium and where it's a Rams home game is going to phase this Bengals team. I honestly don't think that. So that will most definitely be an interesting thing there and see how that kind of comes about. But I also, one more from the Rams season and how they got here. I've been saying it all season long. Whoever comes out of the game, got to be number 12 to do it. The Rams didn't just do it once, but they that's an impressive damn thing to do. To beat Tom Brady, not just in the regular season, but to beat him when it counts in January. Yes, I completely agree. The Buccaneers were banged up right in center. The Rams most definitely had an advantage and they took it. They almost choked it away, but Stafford, I think that's number. But even, even without the weapons, got to be Tom Brady. And the Rams did that and the Rams are in the Super Bowl. But let's see here before we segment. Uncle Sam, what are your X factors and matchups this game? And how do you think the Rams will be able to pull this out? What do they need to do to get a dub? Yeah, so right off the bat, we got to say, you know, on paper, the Rams are the favorite here. There, there's no doubt about that, right? They're they're definitely the favorite. Um, I appreciate Vegas or whoever just making the odds for not like that ridiculous. I think it was 12 and a half in the first Rams Pat Super Bowl, which just total bulletin board material so it, it's a it's a little bit more reasonable rams are definitely the favorites however as you guys touched on it uh you know a few moments earlier in the podcast the key here is do not give that opportunistic bengals defense that opportunity they're looking for so stafford you can't make that kind of throw which you know if butterfingers tired unfortunately didn't drop it i mean that game's done right so you can't force the issue against this type of defense just take what they give you like you said jay take the underneath stuff the the, the bengals if you look at them they, they they are atrocious at covering the tight end um the last couple of seasons take advantage whether it's blanton whether it's higby doesn't matter take advantage of that take the underneath stuff Play within your game plan. I think McVeigh's now learned that. Here's the, here's the problem. So is Zach Taylor, right? They know each other so well. And I think on that one, advantage Taylor, right? Because he's kind of he served on McVeigh's staff. That's going to be a, an X factor. We touched on Sony Michelle. I think that's an X factor. Uh, my boy Kendall Blanton, we, we touched on that. I think that's, that's one to really look at. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game. But ultimately, it's the it's it's in the trenches. What do the Bengals do to slow down that pass rush? And I'm looking at I'm looking at Joe Mixon there. I'm looking at uh, some max protect uh, sets um, to s- somehow slow down that uh, that Rams pass rush. Maybe some HB draws. 
and like you said, Jay, get creative with the run game. Maybe you know, run some end arounds. Get it, get it into uh, Higby's hands or or Chase's hands, like B was saying. Um, maybe on run some jet sweeps or what have you. I think that's going to be important for the Bengals. But for to me, the most important things, and the Chiefs learned this the hard way last week, and the, and the Titans a couple of weeks ago as well. You got to put these guys away because the longer this game remains close mm-hmm. and these Bengals in the year of the tiger kind of stick around. <laughs> you got Joe Burr, you know, he's like you said, Jay, he's not phased by anything. I, I heard they, I think they landed or are landing in LA just tonight. Yeah. Today. Like today yep. Yeah. Today, which is really unheard of for the Super Bowl. Teams usually come even a week before, like let's say Sunday, maybe Monday, not Tuesday, but that's, that's just that's the way they're rolling, right? They're not phased by anything. To win at Arrowhead, um, they're absolutely not phased uh, by anything. They're they're playing with house money right now. Nobody expected this out of them. Um, I'll be honest. I was telling B, uh, you know, a couple of weeks back, I I actually had the Raiders beating them in, in the first round. I kind of thought the moment might be too much for these young guys. Both uh, of us did. Yeah, no, they proved us wrong, and, and a whole bunch of people. I don't think anybody saw them then beat beating the Titans, certainly not uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs, you know, at Arrowhead. Like, that was that was ridiculous. So, listen, they deserve to be here. It's not an accident. Yeah, Cinderella team and all, all that good stuff. It's a nice story, but they deserve to be here. This is – they're not just making up the numbers. The Rams obviously are taking them seriously. McVay knows Taylor well as well, has a tremendous amount of respect for him. You got to put them away. I, I know fans wouldn't want to see that. They want to see a close game. Um, but honestly, for the Rams to feel easy and their fan base, you got to put these guys away. Because I'll tell you what, if it comes down to kicking, big time advantage to the Bengals. I mean, Matt Gay has just not looked right the last couple of weeks. Uh, Pro Bowl kicker, he made it to the Pro Bowl. Mm-hmm. The was dynamite all season. All of a sudden, anything outside of 40, it's uh, it's touch and go. If it even gets there, he, I think he was short on 47 uh, against the Bucks. So, and then McPherson. I mean, geez, we we. You boys could do a whole episode on McPherson. Um, this guy's like he's carving out a name for himself already. It's year one. So if it comes down to kicking and some last play, you know, um, you got to say advantage Bengals. But, you know, my final analysis, my heart says Rams, uh, but my mind says Rams and take the points, boys. I'm making a bold statement right there. I'm, I'm going to say something like, uh, you know, it'll probably be one of those 28, 23 games, 20, 24. Maybe it's a push. If the line is four, maybe it's a push. How about we say that? But I, I do think the Rams uh, are going to pull this out. They just got too much to lose. Um, I want to see a nice story for, for Whitworth. I want to see a nice story for Stafford and, uh, and and all the others as well. It'd be nice for OBJ too. Um, you know, uh, I know he's, you know, some, some, some folks like him, some folks don't like him. He's been nothing but a professional with the Rams by all accounts. His teammates love him. Uh, you know, kind of like the Jimmy G thing, like, uh, you know, not, the outsiders might be, oh, why is this guy still here or, or he's the problem. But if your teammates love you, I think that that tells you something about uh, what you mean in, in the locker room. So my overall call is Rams. And I'm curious to know what uh, you young fellas think. So you go on 28, 23, you got an MVP pick. Yeah, that's a tough one, actually. You know, I kind of I want to take the outside shot and, and say Sony Michelle, but you know what? I'm going to take the safe play. 
I'm going to say MVP because uh, it usually goes to the QB. I'm going to say Matt Stafford. Uh, I think I'm going to call MVP Matt Stafford. I think he's going to have an efficient game. He's not going to make any mistakes. He's going to do enough. He's going to probably put up close to 300 or more yards, and that'll be enough to get him the MVP. But like I said, Circle, Kendall Blanton, and Sony Michelle on this game. I think one of those one of those dudes is going to have a big game. Yeah, not. And we'll see what happens there. That's a great prediction, and we'll give. I, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you know, not many people say Cooper Cup because I've been leaning heavily hey, towards. You know, we're on the guy, same man. page over there. We're on the same page. Like Cooper Cup, man. This guy, I, I can't even believe I've gone well almost forty plus minutes without talking about this guy. I like. I, I can't even get upset at this guy. He ends ways to get open. It doesn't even matter. I said it like God knows how many times last week and the week before that. Like. You can come up with any game plan to slow the You just can't do it. Like, the Bengals are going to have their hands full. And it's crazy because they just came off of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, who might be one of the most capable duos. And the Bengals found a way to slow them down somehow, some way. Now, against Cooper Cup and OBJ, we very to see how that goes. Uncle Sam, thank you for your time. Good luck to your Rams. Appreciate it, boys. Your boy loves a good Sean McVay meme, so I'm hoping the Bengals try and get this one done. Yeah. I'm sure. So, boys, are you saying the Bengals are winning this or the Rams? I want to hear from the 49ers fan. I mean, you know what? You can't. You cannot predict the Rams. I'll be disappointed in you, Jay, if you think the, if your prediction is the Rams winning this one. I I gotta be a, and yeah, for me, like it comes that. down. It comes down to pass rush for me. I cannot. It just see it, it, I I just can't go against that. Like I want to, I'm rooting for the Bengals. No credit. I'm not rooting for the Rams in this matchup. But when I just look at the talent and I look at the defense, I think about it this way: the Niners' offense was our offensive line. Not even this. We know the last three years, the Niners' offensive line has dominated the Rams' D line, which on on God, I have to say, is freaking impressive as hell. With Aaron Donald, nothing against this Niners' offensive line for the last three years. But when it came down to it and he went into that huddle on that sideline and he fired those guys up, Jimmy G got swallowed up in the last minute and 15 seconds. And that's the last six times Niners beating your ass didn't matter because who's in the Super Bowl Rams are. And Rush wins championships and Aaron Donald is a freaking badass. I can't go against that. I just can't. Yeah, it's true. I think the front four and five of the Rams kind of wins us. They're just too strong. I want to hear from B. B, you, you may not be invited if you make the wrong call. Right. Hey, man, I'm, I'm with <laughs> you guys. I'm, I'm in the same boat as Jay, man. I'm going, I want Cincy to win this one. I'm taking your Rams. I'm going to take your Rams in a, you know, a 24-17 game. Cooper Cup's my MVP. 10 catches, 141 yards. Exact Ooh. same stat line as Julian Edelman when he won his MVP. And nice. that's a wrap. I hope you boys are right. Well, let's you know, let's just hope it's a good game. I, I want to definitely want to see a good game. Of course, I want my Rams to win, but nobody wants to see a thirty to eight game or something like that. So, and I don't expect oh, it. We had These that Bengals last. Are too we need it again. Exactly. These Bengals are too good. They're going to hang around in the year of the Tiger. They're going to hang around. Let's see. But listen, boys, I really appreciate the invite to the island. You got a nice little setup here. I'm almost done my mango lussy now. And uh, listen, I'll be tuning in next week to see the see what you guys got to say about hopefully a Rams victory. Fingers crossed. All right. Thank you for coming on, man. All right. No thanks, doubt. Boys. Appreciate it. Enjoy the Super Bowl. You too. Hi, right, B. Let's try and let's try and go to our key matchups and X factors here. 
and let's try to round this out. I know Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase is kind of the obvious key matchup looking in this game. Honestly, I will I will literally bet money that at least Jamar Chase will roast Jalen Ramsey at least once in this game. He will burn him at least once. But I'm kind of looking at T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd as my X factors. I know us fantasy guys, we know who Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are, but a lot of people are going to be tuning into this game that don't really know T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. And I think they're going to make an impact in this game. And then my other one here is the Bengals offensive line. I'm going to name off five nine five names here. And you tell me if you know any of these, if any of these names ring a bell. Jonah Williams, Quentin Spann, Trey Hopkins, Hakeem Adenji, and Isaiah Prince. Do any of those names ring a bell to you? Not a single one. Not that's what I mean. I I have no idea who any of these guys are. I just know them as the Bengals offensive line. These five dudes are the biggest X factor in this game. They are going to be the difference between the Bengals hoisting a Lombardi trophy and having a parade or Matthew Stafford holding up a Lombardi trophy. These five dudes are going to be the difference maker. Nobody knows who the hell they are. Everyone all year has been talking about them as a mediocre unit, a mediocre offensive line. Can those five dudes be the difference? We'll find out. What are your X factors and key matchups in this game? Shoot, man. I mean, I kind of feel like Odell's too big of a name to be an X factor, even though he's the number two. But uh, I'm going to stick with Sony over here, man. Playoff Michelle. Been waiting for him to get his job done. And uh, I think he'll do it, man. I think he's going to have a big game. Everybody's focused on the receivers in this game. Somebody's, I mean, we talked about the trenches a lot, right? Somebody's going to have to win the game. Uh, Somebody on the ground is going to have to have a, you know, big time first down or a big 20 yard play. I think it's going to be Sony Michelle. Um, I also think, you know, we've talked about the O line of Cincy and the. Uh, let's go the other way. Why don't we talk about Whitworth? You know, we talked a little about him. Let's see what they can do. If 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 any if Cincy can make a play on defense, if they can pressure them a little bit, get to Matthew Stafford. Who knows, man? It, it's a it's a whole new ball game from there. No doubt, no doubt. This Bengals defense has been clutch as hell to this point. They came up with the key pick at the end of the Titans game. They come up with the pick against KC at the end there. The Bengals defense is clutch. I wouldn't be surprised if they come up with a play. But the last kind of X factor here I'm going to look at is I'm going to take a, or go back down memory lane here and look at the past few Super Bowls because like I've talked about throughout this whole episode, Pass rush or clutch defensive plays are the difference. And I always stick to that. Everyone talks about offense, offense, but no. Defense wins championships. And I'm going to go back here. 2020, last season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front four decimated the Kansas City offensive line. Wasn't even close. Buccaneers won 31-9. 2019, Chiefs beat my Niners. It was the Niners pass rush that was dominating for three quarters. But in the end, in the fourth quarter, it was Chris Jones and that Chiefs pass rush that got to Jimmy G and the Chiefs. The Chiefs defense held up. The Chiefs won that game and were Super Bowl champions. 2018, your Patriots against these same Rams. Same thing. It was a defensive slugfest throughout the whole game. But late in that game, Rams are driving. Patriots get to Goff. He throws up a a prayer. Stephon Gilmore comes up with a key interception. Patriots win the Super Bowl. 2017, Eagles-Patriots. This game was a shootout. Back and forth, left and right. But when it came down to the final play, Brandon Graham comes up with the game-winning strip sack. Eagles win their first Super Bowl franchise. I don't even think the history. Patriots punted in that game, too. I don't think that's what I'm saying. That game was a shootout. It was like 41-30 for something. It was crazy. 
But yet, when it came down to it, the Eagles didn't play a perfect game. But they got the key clutch play down the stretch. 2016, everyone talks about the Patriots, 28-3 and Brady and blah, blah, blah. Donta Hightower came up with the huge strip sack in the third quarter, set the momentum. That was the defensive play that helped yep. the Patriots get back in that ball game. 2015, sure. Von Miller, Super Bowl MVP for the Broncos in that Super Bowl, sending off Peyton Manning with a Super Bowl title. That same Von Miller's playing on Sunday night. Will he disrupt Joe Burrow in that game? He destroyed Cam Newton back in 2015. Broncos won the Super Bowl. And then 2014, your boy Malcolm Butler came up with the pick of his life in that game against Seattle to send the Patriots or, well, got the Patriots a Super Bowl dub and the Seahawks haven't been back since. And then going back even a year before that, 2013, Seahawks beat the Broncos 43-8. Legion of Boom went crazy against Denver. You see the trend here. Defense will make the key play in this game. The question is who? I mean, it's always been that way, too. You, you can even pick up any random Super Bowl. You know, you got the Patriots 16-0 and year. What won them that game? The Giants' pass rush just destroyed that team, right? And that was the greatest offense of all time. And it was the Giants' pass rush that stole the show there. Um, I mean, it's always like, I mean, this league wants to go so offensive and, like, just put up points. But defense always wins championships. That's never going to change. Last year... The talk of the talk was Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Oh my God, quarterback matchup of a lifetime. We didn't even get to see Patrick. We didn't even get to see Patrick Mahomes do anything. Like it was, he was just running around fifty yards behind the line every time. Yeah, no facts exactly. So I don't know. We'll see if the Bengals O line can keep up in this game again. Jonah Williams, Trey Hopkins, and whoever else is those band of characters. They're gonna have to put up with Aaron Donald, Levon Miller, and that's gonna be the difference between a Super Bowl. Or not. Let's go to some basketball and then we'll get to the head coaching track and then we'll round it off with the far final thoughts before Super Bowl 56. The NBA trade that de- trade deadline is on Thursday, February the 10th. But today, two wild, weird trades went on today between the Kings and the Pacers and then the Pelicans and Blazers. B, what were your thoughts on these odd trades as we saw two superstars, Demonte Sabonis and CJ McCollum, on the move? Don't make no sense to me. I mean, both trades are very lateral. I mean, I don't think any team took a step forward. Um, I want to start with the Sabonis one because I think Sabonis is the best player in the deal, even though a lot of people like Halliburton couldn't believe Sacramento gave up Halliburton. Sacramento still got Sabonis, so I don't know. But again, I don't really know what Sabonis does for Sacramento. Like, is are they going to fight for a playoff spot now because they have Sabonis, or I don't really understand. And on the flip side, Indiana, they get, you know, Buddy Heal. They get Halliburton. I like Halliburton. You got a little backward of the future with Halliburton and Chris Duarte. Um, you're going to add a top 10 pick in Indy. So I get it. You you kind of um, blow it up, rebuild totally. And now I'm guessing Buddy Heald and Malcolm Brogdon, those two guys will be on the move. Um, if not by the deadline, by the summer. And you just kind of roll with the young bucks in Indy. But uh, a weird one. Oh, absolutely, Zubert. When I'm completely with you, um, completely in agreement with you about DeMontis Sabonis, I think he's the best player in this trade too. And I hate that because it came out like about a month or two ago, Sabonis was like, I don't know what direction the Pacers are going in. I don't know if I want to be here, if we're not fighting for a playoff spot. And it's funny because you and I both thought the Pacers were going to be competitive knowing they hired Rick Carlisle too. And I guess right, that just... and I was thinking that he was going to get some Dirkish in him and, and they were going to make a 
make some noise. Make some, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And the and the Pacers have done anything but. I mean, they're sitting in third last. They're 19 and 36. Things are not looking pretty for them. And I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna you know send Sabonis to a contender, and he's gonna make a team even, or someone's gonna trade for him. But Sacramento, who's literally ex- almost the exact same record as the Pacers, the Kings are 20 and 35, also in third last place in the Western Conference. I, I I don't get it. I feel horrible for Sabonis, honestly. To go to Sacramento is worse than Indiana. And for CJ McCollum, we're going to get to that in a second, it's the same thing. You would think that, oh, hey, we're going to Portland. Portland's at least decent, but then you're going to a team that has the exact same record, and the Pelicans haven't really gone anywhere either. I feel bad for, two, for, for, for both those guys because Sacramento hasn't, they haven't been a contender in years, if not ever. Uh, yeah, la- when was the last time? I'm trying to think the last time they made the playoffs. The only time I can think of was the, the year they played the, the Lakers that one year. But that was like 20 years ago. So when, when we were two years old? like it's... Yeah, like that's literally the only time I've ever even heard of them being relevant. But um, CJ McCollum, so I think Portland just, I mean, Portland's had a disaster year, right? Yeah, yeah, things, Dame, things have not looked good for them. Dame, you still have Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard's trade value is way lower than it was a year ago because, you know, he had ab surgery. He was playing really bad this year. He's out for extended time. Plus, he's like, what, 32, 33, and he's a small guard. He's kind of over the hill. He's on the other side of the hill at this point. CJ McCollum's always been a, a solid number two, but he's not that dude that's going to push you over the hump, right? So, what does New Orleans think adding CJ here is really going to do anything? I mean, you traded away Josh Hart, who I love. I think the the difference between Josh Hart and CJ, how many more games is that really going to win you? Is it worth it for New Orleans? Is it worth the extra 15 mil a year that you're going to pay for those guys? Plus you give up Nikhil, who, you know, young, young guard, maybe could turn into something. I don't know. And then on Portland, you just gave up Norman Powell. So you gave up your two best players or second and third best players. You still want to make Dame happy because Dame's paid all this loyalty to you. So what do you do now? Like you try and reshape it or you go balls to the wall and trade Damian Lillard now, see what you can get for him. It's a mess going on over there. You're 21 and 33. You're not even in the play-in, let alone the playoffs. You just well, I, don't, away. I honestly don't think Damian Lillard is going to play again this year. I can't see it because unless you do something in the next two days that drastically helps your team, then maybe. But if you don't do anything, like if, if the next two days go, go by and we're sitting here next Tuesday and being like, well, the trade deadline came and went and the Blazers did nothing. I, 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 I mean, I, I can see Damian Lillard requesting a trade in the offseason because I don't know where Portland's going. Like, are they just going to blow it up? These next two days will be very telling as to which direction they're going to go in. They went and go and got Chauncey Billups in the offseason. Hasn't really panned out. Yep, has not really panned out for them. And I don't know, this is not not looking good for Portland. I mean, this is they're they're trending downwards, then upwards. It's just, it's not looking good for them. It's not looking good for them at all. But we'll see what happens there um, for the Blazers and really for McCollum and Sabonis, how that ends up turning out. But who the hell knows? Um, so, but again, next week we'll kind of go and see what all the trades were, um, after the trade deadline kind of comes and goes, but those were kind of the two big ones for now. Um, as for the head coaching tracker in the NFL elsewhere in, um, the NFL last week, we talked about 
Giants, Broncos, Raiders, and the Vikings, who have said they've hired Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, but obviously they can't make it official until the Super Bowl is over. But it looks like he's going to be the Vikings head coach. But then, obviously, since we left off, Dolphins, Jaguars, Saints, Texans have now made hires. The Dolphins went out and got my guy Mike McDaniel. Love the hire. I think he's going to do great for Miami. Love what I think if they had to move on from anyone, or if they had to go out and get anyone um, after moving on from Brian Flores, I think Mike McDaniel was the right hire. I think Miami got that one right. Jaguars with Doug Peterson. Love, love, love it. I think this is exactly what Trevor yeah. Lawrence needed. They needed a QB guru, a true one, because not like Matt Nagy. Doug mm-hmm. Peterson's actually won a Super Bowl. He's brought a team from nothing to something. I really like this move there. Of course, Think I'm a little... about what has Carson Wentz been without him, right? Yeah, yeah, he is not. He he has not been the same. Then again, even his last year with him was a disaster. But that that 2020 season was just a, a shit show overall for the Eagles. Um, from front office coaching play, just it, the whole season was was awful for them. It's a nice refreshing start. My only thing is. They do have that boy Balky at GM, man, and and Balky can he, he he can screw things up. So I hope he doesn't screw things up for Jacksonville because I think Peterson and Lawrence is a really nice pairing there. Saints went with Dennis Allen. They promoted him as the defensive coordinator for the last few years. I actually like this move. I think Dennis Same. Allen's going to be great for the Saints. Um, like you previously mentioned, they had that game against the Buccaneers. Dennis Allen nine nothing. Dennis Allen's already got this team, so I think. It'll be interesting to see what they do offensively because Sean Payton was that offensive guru. Yeah, he was the, you know, ar- arguably one of the best play callers in the NFL for over the last several years. Now they go defense. It'll be interesting to see how that goes, but they keep me in the continuity there. And then lastly, oh, the Houston Texans. The Texans are a joke. The Texans are a literal joke. Like, I, I have no words to explain this hiring. All love in the world for Lovey Smith. I personally love him as a coach, but. God damn, the Texans are an absolute mess. What are your thoughts on these hires? Well, I'm with you, man. I love the Doug Peterson one. Um, if he can win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles and make Carson Wentz an MVP guy, who knows what he can do with a talent like Trevor Lawrence. Um, and then the other one, Den- uh, Dennis Allen here is a good one because this team won all of its games basically by the defense. They had four different quarterbacks playing. Offense couldn't do anything. Michael Thomas was not even there. Now, this next year, who knows what he wants to do with the quarterback? Who knows what's happening on Michael Thomas? Who knows what's happening on Alvin Kamara, even? Um, This is an identity shift, a real different Saints team than the Saints we've seen for the last 20 years with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. This is going to be a defense-first team for the next couple years. The culture's already set. I I don't mind it at all that they stayed in-house, stayed with the guy that said it. I actually kind of like it. I love it, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. A lot of these hires have been actually really good. Like I know we we talked a lot about last week with the Flores thing and, and all that. Um, but I, and obviously only one minority coach got, well, technically two as Mike McDaniel is quote unquote biracial. So that counts, but technically the only true minority was, was Lovey Smith that got hired. And I'll get to that in a second, but honestly, it's hard to argue. Like I know you, that's a lot the of people thing. Gonna, it's, it's, a, it's a weird gray area, man. Like, yeah. How can you say, oh, Dennis Allen doesn't deserve a job? I mean, like, what? You can't really make that decision for them. You can. And that's the thing is, it would be easy to kind of, like, the only one that I could maybe be a little bit questionable is maybe McDaniels going to the Raiders. But even then, I don't think it's an awful high. I don't. Like, I I was a bit confused when it first happened. And again, we got to see it happen, right? But 
again, it's not it's not it's not a bad hire. Like none of these hires kind of stand out to me. Not like last year where there were a couple I pop where I'm like, what the hell? This time around, I'm looking at all of them and I'm like, I, I think a lot of these are actually really good fits. Like I think if O'Connell goes to Minnesota, I think that's great. You're going offense with a loaded offense there in Minnesota. Dennis Allen's already knows the locker room. That defense has been playing lights out. I don't see the issue there. Obviously, quarterback has been it, but then quarterback was an issue when Sean Payton was there. So the Saints, there's not really anything different. Peterson with T-Law, awesome. Mike McDaniel with that already good Dolphins team, love it. Dable to the Giants, we both agreed we loved that one. Hackett in Denver, same thing. A lot of these are good hires. The Texans are the only one that screwed up. And are we really surprised it was the Houston Texans? No, absolutely not. And... I just, I don't know, man. I cannot believe, I mean, I can't, part of me can't believe it. And the other part is like, I, I just, I, I, I can't understand why, why the Texans did this. If you were to ask, like, if you were to go right up to Nick Casario, the GM of the Texans and their owner McNair, whatever, and go ahead and said, listen, put optics aside, put the Flores thing aside, put all of that aside, pick who you want to hire from your heart, make him, make him your head coach. They would be calling Josh McCowan's digits in 10 seconds. I guarantee you, Josh McCowan's contract was already on the press. It was already in the printer. It was already there. And then they looked at each other and were like, ah, shit. If we make this hire, we're going to be all around all the news and headlines for all the wrong reasons, like we already have been. Oh, let's go and promote our defense coordinator, Lovey Smith. Honestly, I don't want to spend too much more time on this because it's Super Bowl week. I want to talk about the rest of the Super Bowl, you know, to wrap up this episode. But I do got to, you know, give these next minute or two here to this this particular topic. I think it's absolutely disrespectful to Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith has been to a Super Bowl. Lovey Smith was an is an excellent coach. Maybe not recently. Like he coached Illinois in college for the last five years. I didn't even know that until the last like last year or two, right? He hasn't had a lot of success recently, but. To say that we're going to get Josh McCowan and then out of nowhere be like, oh, we're going to hire Lovey Smith. We all know what the reason was. And I think it's a complete slap in the face to a guy that's been to a Super Bowl with a great Chicago Bears defense. And Rex Grossman as the starter. Rex Grossman. Exactly. Rex Grossman. Not Patrick Mahomes. Not Tom Brady. Not, you know, Rex Grossman. Lovey Smith did that. He is a good head coach, and to do that to him, I think is a complete disrespectful and slap in the face to him. But, of course, it's the Houston Texans. The Texans are a joke of an organization, um, but that's all I got to say about that. Just disgusting, really. But it is what it is. Um, I don't know what – I don't know who the hell would want to go to Houston, honestly. They're an absolute train wreck. But let's wrap this thing up. Let's go back to Super Bowl 56 here. Bengals, Rams, what a – like, I still can't wrap my head around this, man. Two four seeds, two teams that, you know, two four seeds, two teams that have that don't have much Super Bowl experience, two quarterbacks that don't have a lot of Super experience. But I can't wait to see this, man. I can't wait for the Bengals to go out here and, and do this thing. Who day? Let's go. Year of the Tiger. You know the deal. And B, I got I to gotta put this out here. How about Year of the Tiger? Remind me, who's number one in the country in college ball right now? Yes, sir. Auburn. That's a crazy stat. Eh? Like, how Auburn. is that? How is this all happening? Like, this is for real, like a simulation right now. The Auburn Tigers. Shout out to Chuck. The Auburn Tigers. 
are number one in the country. The Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. Let's go. Year of the Tiger. I'm here for it. And I got to, before we go to our final segment, I got to point this out, man. I just want to see this happen for the Bengals, man. I want to, like, when there's the team intros, I want the smoke machine. I want to, like, I want them to come out to Eye of the Tiger. I want them to, like, dim the lights. This ain't Rams house, man. They got to turn this place into the jungle. I want to see it. That would be a hell of an intro. We got Joe Burrow coming out. That would be freaking sick to see that happen. I got to do it. Please come out to Eye of the Tiger. It's game over after that. All right. Let's roll with this last segment here. I'm going to rip off a few rapid-fire questions. You give me your answer. Let's start with it. Which coach is more likely to make the gutsy call when it matters most, Zach Taylor or Sean McVay? Man, I'm going to go McVay here, man. I feel like uh, it's going to happen real early. It's going to be a fourth down, maybe fourth and goal. But, you know, it's a situation where, like, ha, ah, he's really about to leave points on the board, and it's a 0-0 game. First or second drive, he's going to go for a fourth down, and it's going to be a, a big-time call right away. I'm going to go with Zach Taylor. I think he's been the more aggressive coach throughout the year. I can see him making the McVay can get a little bit, you know, not as aggressive. that He can be a little content at times. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean McVay goes out there and makes a gutsy call. But I'm going to go Zach Taylor. Which wide receiver core, both are loaded, is more likely to have the bigger game? The Bengals trio or OBJ and Cooper Cup? This is a tough one, man. This is a – I mean, you got – that that receiving trio is right up there, man. But can't go away from uh, Mr. Cooper Cup. Uh, P almost. Fantasy MVP probably. This dude's going to put up numbers. I have him, I already said, as my Super Bowl MVP. Um, so he's going to have a big game. And I'm, I'm Odell, man, he's ready for the stage. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go Rams as well. I think – I know I was talking about T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd earlier. I don't know about the bigger game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they come up with a big-time catch in this game. That means something. But I'm going to go Rams and then Cooper Cup and OBJ. OBJ, man. Odell's been waiting on this moment his entire career to play in a Super Bowl. I think Cup and OBJ go go crazy in this one. Who has the bigger game on the... We've been talking about this all episode long. Who has the bigger game on the ground? Cam Akers or Sony Michelle or Joe Mixon? I mean, there's no question Joe Mixon's the best running back out of the three you mentioned, but gotta keep going. Sony, man, I'm expecting <clears throat> it, man. Big game. Sony, gotta ride it. I got, I got to go Akers and Michelle, too. I got a weird feeling the Rams are going to pound the rock in this one, open the games up for Stafford, because we all know Stafford can get a little tricky late in these games, making some gutsy throws. If you get the, if you get the ground game going, I think it'll help. Joe Mixon's a baller. I think people kind of forget about him. Maybe it's about Burrow and Chase. Everyone keeps forgetting about Joe. Joe Mixon's had a really underrated season. I'd, I would watch out for Joe Mixon, but I think Akers and Michelle come up with it. All right, it's Super Bowl Sunday. You know the deal. It's not always about football, but food, too. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm just joking. We know what the best Super Bowl food is. Be hit him with it. Come on, man. It's chicken wings all day, every day. Every time we link, me and you get chicken wings. That's not even a question. That's that's, that's not even a question. Wings all day is the best Super Bowl food over anything else. All right. Quarterbacks. We know the deal. Stafford Burrow, first Super Bowl appearance for both. Which quarterback shines brightest in this game, Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford? I got to go Burrow here, man, just because I know he's walking in with that swag. And he's going to have a few plays where he's, you know, avoiding, you know, sacks. 
going to be a, a bright kind of game, a nice flashy kind of game. He's going to pull up in something drippy, too. Um, I go with Joe Burrow over here. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow as well, too. Stafford, I think, is going to ball out. But I don't know, man. Sometimes it feels like Joe Burrow feeds off of this a little more. To go into Arrowhead and play the way that he did, so calm, cool, and collected, I don't think he gives a damn of the fact that the Rams are playing a home Super Bowl. Joe Burrow doesn't care about that. So I'm going with Joe Burrow in this one. All right, halftime. I'm not going to lie. I think you and I are probably one of the two few people in this world that actually care about the football game and not the halftime show. Having said that, I've been waiting for a hip-hop-themed halftime show forever, and we finally get one this year. Is this halftime show going to be one of the best in NFL history, or do you think it will be a flop? I I mean, I'm going to watch this one. Probably be better than who was last year's weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Probably going to be better than that one. I mean, it's going to be... But uh, the big uh, the big news coming out of this one is just Eminem is in the Super Bowl, repping Detroit. Matthew Stafford's repping Detroit. I mean, city's down bad, but those two guys repping. <laughs> yeah, facts. I, I've been waiting for a hip-hop theme halftime show. I think it's going to be a good one. I don't know about best one in history. I couldn't even tell you more than half of them, but I think it'll be a hell of a one. I mean, it's Snoop, Kendrick, Eminem. Can't be better than that. And then... Last but not least, we've been talking about it all episode long. Defense wins championships. Which defense makes the play that ends up winning the game? The Bengals clutch defense or Aaron Donald in that pass rush? I, Aaron Donald, man. The way he showed up at the end of the game against you guys, dude just wants it more than everybody right now. And I really – I would feel happy for him to get one. But it's going to come down to a last possession. He's going to get a sack where Burrow's trying to escape and he's right on him. Think Aaron Donald makes the play, man. He he deserves it. He's the best player on that side of the ball in the league. He deserves to make that. Yeah, I don't even need to to answer that question. You just said it perfectly. Aaron Donald is is Aaron Donald. I don't think anyone's getting in his way this time. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals come up with a pick or two in this one, but I think when it comes down to it, Aaron Donald, not Von Miller. I don't want everyone keeps talking about Von Miller. I know Von Miller, you know, did his thing, but this is Aaron Donald Super Bowl. This is his time to shine, and I think he'll come up clutch in this moment. But I think this also comes more down to which quarterback screws up first. Burrows are both of them kind of have their moments. I think will be which one screws up first. Volatile. They're both real volatile, you know? Yeah, no, exactly. All right. And to round it off, here we go. Our Super Bowl 56 predictions and our Super Bowl MVP. B, who you got taking it all after this weird, wacky NFL season? Well, I said it earlier. I'm going to do it again. I'm going... Rams, one possession game, 24-17. And I think it's going to come down to that last drive and Burrow's going to get sacked. But uh, Cooper Cup, my MVP, 10 catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Honestly, I'm going to go Rams 34-30. Don't get it twisted. I'm rooting for the Bengals. Hootay, let's go. But I got the Rams 34-30. I just think when time comes, the Rams just have so much more talent. Like you said, Aaron Donald, pass rush when it comes down to it. I just think he's going to make the play when they need it. I think it's going to be a shootout. There's going to be a lot of back and forth, but I think when it comes down to it, the Rams defense will come up with that play. So when they, having said that, I've picked against the Bengals the entire postseason. So I'm yep. hoping that trend so- continues here. And I picked the Rams against the Bengals, and the Bengals end up winning the Super Bowl. I hope so. But I'm going to pick the Rams. Cooper Cup is my Super Bowl MVP. I picked him to win the NFL MVP, although – you know, everyone's in Rodgers and Brady. Okay, Rodgers hasn't been to a Super Bowl in, in 10 years. Brady, yeah, Brady puts on MVP performances every week. I get that. But Cooper Cup has been tearing it up all year long. 
100 yard performances every single week. He deserves to win MVP or Super Bowl MVP, one of the two. Got to give some love to Cooper Cup. He's arguably has the most filthiest routes in all of football. But Houday, Bengals, let's go. Let's go. You're the Tiger. Let's get this thing done. Joe Burrow, I want the, I want that crazy flashy intro. I want the smoke machines. Bring a, Can we get a real Tiger in the SoFi Stadium for this intro? Do the whole thing. Play Eye of the Tiger. I can't wait for this matchup. Be final thoughts. Can't wait, man. Super Sunday. Then we got Thursday, trade deadline. Yeah, stuff's about All-Star weekend coming up. You know, some a little All-Star snub Jalen Brown. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Eh. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, no I'm doubt. Amped. I'm amped for the next couple of days, man. Super Bowl 56, Rams-Bengals on NBC. Got to be a cool one for Chris Collinsworth, no? To be play. Hey. Uh, an- Last time Bowl. they were in the Super Bowl, he was there. He, he was playing. Yeah, he, he was That's there. He was I'm playing. Saying. Hey, it's got to be cool there. for him. Yeah, got to be cool for Al Michaels as well. I think he's his if I'm last not mistaken. Game. I think yeah. it's his last game. Yeah, no, absolutely. It absolutely could be Al Michaels' final game for sure. So you got Al Michaels calling potentially his final game. You got Chris Collinsworth calling the game with his former team playing in the Super Bowl. Man, could not be better. Could be the final time we hear the dynamic duo of Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. Got to enjoy it while it lasts. And of course, I also want to give a quick shout out to Fred Van Vliet for making his first All-Star Game appearance. I could not be more prouder of my guy, Fred. He's earned it. He deserves it. Very, very happy for him. But that'll do it for this week's episode of Baller Island. Let us know who you got winning Super Bowl 56 on the gram, on Twitter. Let us know who you got and give us a follow as well. And enjoy Super Bowl Sunday, and we will be back at it next week. We'll recap Super Bowl 56, and of course, we'll take a look at all the moves and trades from the NBA's trade deadline. Enjoy Super Sunday, and we'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Baller Island. Keep it locked. Stay tuned. We've got a lot more sports content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more sports news and analysis.